Welcome back to Stratford End Chat. Manchester United with another bounce back win, this time against Everton, 3-1, with a brace from Bruno Fernandes and Edison Cavani's first goal for Manchester United. Max, how's it going? You know, Chris, uh, it's going good. You know, you can't complain when we get a win. Um, you say, you know, but I want to get to the point where we stop saying that it's a bounce back win because bounce back win means that, you know, we're kind of, we're, we're losing a couple games. Um, but you know, nonetheless, good to get a win against the difficult Everton side away from home, even though you can make the argument, you know, away from home doesn't really matter these days, but, uh, you know, nonetheless, a good result against a well-organized, uh, talented Everton team so not too much to complain about there I can't wait to lose to West Bromwich Albion oh, in two weeks. don't do that don't do that it's gonna happen it's basically written in the stars so I, I you know from the offset I, I think it's a pretty solid win especially given Everton's form to start the uh, Premier League season this year granted they were missing uh couple of key players. I think Richardson was still suspended, I believe. Yep. Hamez still played, but a little bit... I, he wasn't as involved as I expected. Let's talk about maybe the first half, how we didn't start too well. Bernard cut inside. Little nutmeg, you know, on, on Aaron Wambasaka. Beats, uh, beats David De Gea. Thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it... So this was kind of earlier on in the game, but I think it was slightly against the run of play. Again, both teams were still feeling each other out at, at this point. But, um, I mean, you know, just an unfortunate goal. Um, obviously, it starts with uh, Pickford kind of booting the ball up um, to um, Calvert-Lewis. And Calvert-Lewis beats Lindelof in the air. That was my only gripe about the goal that Lindelof kind of... You know, he doesn't challenge the ball enough there. He kind of loses that 50-50 where he should do better. I feel like if that was Maguire behind um, Calvert-Lewis, I think that Maguire would have handled that better. But uh, yeah, Lindelof unfortunately loses that battle. And then, you know, it's a perfect flick on to uh, Bernard, who has a really smart finish um, uh, through the legs of Aaron Wan-Bissaka on the short side of David De Gea. Good, Good finish, to be fair. And like when that goes in, you kind of see all the United players like smack the ground in anger, like, oh no, like here we go again, right? Um, so yeah, that was that was worrying to say the least. I think from that goal onwards, the team responded very, very well in terms of pushing the ball forward. It looked like the team really, really wanted to equalize as soon as possible. And we did see that. Bruno I, so what happened was, I believe, for Bruno's first goal, he, I think it was an, a, a nice cross from Luke Shaw. Oh, wow, again, another... Yeah, two another assists. Six. Two assists, don't look now, but two assists from, from, from Luke Shaw, best left back in, in the Premier League. Yo, watch the space, I'm telling you. Wait, never mind, he's injured, but we'll get to that later. Robertson who? Who? Yeah. So Bruno, great header, ironically, from the penalty spot. Yeah. <laughs> The man only scores penalties. The penalty merchant. Penalty merchants. Penalty merchant, but this time from from his head. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think the main difference from this game and the games against um, 
assemble Besiktas here and Arsenal. Um, I think that we were more up for this game. You know, I think we were a little bit sharper. Uh, you saw a little bit more more desire, more passion. You know, more desire to get on the end of the ball and to make those runs for 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 one another. Um, that was the main difference for me. And you know, that yeah, that that first goal um, from from Bruno. You know, just I mean, it's a great goal, great header, right? You know, but what is Everton doing there in, in terms of defending? Um, and like, that's for the second goal as well. Uh, one of Mason our players, Holgate was just watching, was just yeah, ball watching there. Our players just like, he just sneaks in between Keane and Holgate and, you know, they just get, get an easy goal. I mean, I know Rashford didn't score the second one, but you know, regardless, like it was the same exact scenario. And I mean, you know, credit to us because we capitalized on those mistakes. But again, I kind of see it as Everton, really losing focus after after going up one um really strange on their part i'm not sure if keen and holdgate is like a is like their go-to partnership to be honest um i think maybe mina plays in there uh usually i'm not too sure about that it's frustrating to see this because we know what we're capable of but this is totally different from what we saw the week prior against arsenal where we just laid a goose egg there was nothing positive going forward. Yeah, I think this is definitely um, a welcomed direct style of play that we've been meaning to watch. We've been yearning to watch for the longest time. Bruno, especially he's give this man the ball. He needs to initiate everything as much as possible. And if you think about it, I guess this sort of kind of pivots the conversation into what is our best midfield. This time we saw another double pivot of Fred and McTominay. And thank goodness we saw the 4-2-3-1 this time around. Yeah, yeah. I think it I, was I think a relief that, that we didn't see the diamond. That was huge. Yeah. I mentioned yeah. last uh last episode that if, if I saw the diamond again for this game, I would have been I mean, irate because I don't think that we play well in the diamond whatsoever. Um here, you know. Matt, although you could say that in a sense it was almost a, a a diamond again, but you know Rashford played more on the wing this time, and you know Matt likes to cut in um, all the time. That's why. But again, I think Rashford committed to being on the wing, and I think that just gave us more options. You know, you saw it going down the left hand side. You know, that's where like basically, I mean, our our first goal came from. Um, so I just think that we're more comfortable playing a four two three one. Uh, we're more comfortable playing up. We're more comfortable, you know, playing playing balls into pockets of space in dangerous positions, um, and we saw that in this game. But again, it it was a good win, but I, again, we're not quite there yet where we need to be, where we are dominating a game, threatening, right? Um, we capitalized on Ever- on Everton's mistakes. We were sound defensively. We really shut Everton down defensively, so kudos to our back four. I think Harry Maguire had a really good game, um, but also, you know, not the most convincing performance in my opinion, um, because it was, you know, it was two one, and for twenty minutes there at the end, it was squeaky bum time, right? We were <laughs> we were dead tired, just trying to hold on for our dear life, and then and then we get a goal on the break to finish three one, and it and it looks comfortable, but it was a hard fought win, and it was wasn't as convincing as we need it to be. It wasn't convincing, but I was still satisfied with the effort given the circumstances. 
I know Ole of was course, very yeah. angry about the 12.30 p.m. kickoff time mm-hmm. after we were on the road in Istanbul, of all places. We should be playing at least Saturday evening or Sunday afternoon. I totally agree with Ole. I believe Jurgen Klopp also agreed. I saw that too, And defended yeah. Ole. Fair play to him. Yeah. <laughs> and given and unfortunately, we, we suffered some injuries with Luke. Mm-hmm. I heard Marcus had a bit of a shoulder problem as well. Yeah. But given all those setbacks, I think a, a win away against side that's that was doing well, like Everton, I think that was a very positive result. Right. You know, and Everton, in the sense, in the overall sense, they're doing well. But you have to keep in mind that they were on the back of, what was it? I think two, two or three straight losses. Um, so, you know, form wise, they weren't doing so hot, but table wise, they're, they're doing fine. Right. Um, yes, yeah. yeah. So it was a third, third loss against us, but third straight loss, but regardless, yeah. What Ole said after the post game really caught me off guard. He kind of snapped at the scheduling, right. And he, he, he called it a shambles. And I think that that mostly that passion, I guess, came from the fact that Luke Shaw, uh, went off injured. And Rashford had had a knock, and maybe even Lindelof had had a little knock as well. And he thinks that Luke Shaw is going to be out for a while. Um, and yeah, I've never seen that from from Ollie. That was really interesting to see um, how he just straight up attacked the scheduling and said that. Um, and this is like a theme that I thought of to myself that's kind of developing here um, with regards to the comments that were made after the game, both from Ollie and the other players. There's this theme of us against the world. Right. He mentioned a couple times that, um, you know, that I think it was with Bruno. He's like, um, but Bruno wasn't going to let other people or he wasn't going to let the world see us lose. Right. Like he wasn't going to give the media, um, the opposing fans, the satisfaction of seeing us lose. Right. He was he was going to fight and, and they're going to try to win. So I see that theme of us against the rest of the world. Um, which could be something good to leverage in terms of getting like passion and desire in the team, right? It's the typical ABU sentiment, like the anything but United sentiment. Oh yeah, we've ruined so many people's dreams and and childhood memories. Ah, the good old they, days. Yeah, the good old days. They just want us to fail at every single aspect of the campaign, which is fair, right? That's normal. That's normal. We're used to it. Yeah. I really hope. Bruno, I, I do believe Bruno is the best man to channel that energy. And I, I would not be surprised if Bruno were to eventually uh, receive the captaincy over Harry at some point. Yeah, that, 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 that's also another big talking point. But you can't, uh, you know, I'm kind of okay with Bruno not being the captain now necessarily because he, he really leads by example on the field, right? When, you know, he's the one that's, making those passes for that's creating those chances. And that when he's on the ball where, you know, the opposition is thinking twice, right. They're, they're a bit nervous when he's like, so I think that it's, it's great to have, to have Bruno, you know, show that leadership on the pitch and then also have sort of that rock at the back um, with Harry Maguire in terms of the captaincy. I think Harry, Harry can sort of, you know, cause he, he had a good game here against, against Everton. Um, we can, we can touch on the, you know, the penalty incident with uh, Pickford because that was another major talking point. Um, 
but he, he had a good game here. So I don't know. Um, and you can't, you, you can't just switch the captaincy right in the middle of the season. Like that's, that no, just, no. it just shows no. weakness, right? Um, Definitely not. And but. it would just knock the confidence of, of, of Harry as well. So my, my only qualm with Harry is, is that he's so inconsistent. He has been inconsistent. He, sometimes he's been our best player. Sometimes he's been our absolute worst player. Like if you look at Tottenham match, right? Yeah. Um, I felt like to me, Bruno had a captain's performance over the weekend. He, he was the first one going in, in, you know, charging into those 50-50 balls. He was getting under the skin of Seamus oh, yeah. Coleman, I think it was. He had a really chippy game. Yeah. I love that. Like we, that, that takes a certain attitude, and we so desperately need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only other player that I see that in is McTominay, right? Like that chippy edginess, um, and, and Rashford sometimes, but although I feel like Rashford kind of loses his head more so than is, 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 is edgy and, and, and sharp and likes to get other yeah. people's skins. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bruno, like, again, that's to my point that he just, he leads by example on the pitch, right? And he, he wants to go forward. He, he, you know, and he's pressing and, you know, he's defending, he gets back and, and wins the ball back, you know, like he, he's obviously by a couple hundred miles, our best player on the pitch. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think if there was somebody next in line for the captaincy, I think it would be Bruno. Um, and then a couple of years on the line, it's Marcus Rashford, MBE. Shout out, Marcus. Um, but yeah, you know, Bruno is basically our messiah, our, our penalty merchant. Let me go back to Harry Maguire. I don't want to knock his performance. He had a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. I feel like his head was a magnet for cross balls into the box. He's comfortable playing like that, like right? Like he's really good for, for those kind of scenarios. And this was the exact same performance he had last year, the same fixture away at Everton. He was the man of the match last year, I believe. You know, that's that's, he, that's, he's that's just, my memory, Chris. I can't remember that. Yeah, I distinctly remember that because that was Bruno, one of Bruno's first goals. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But credit to Harry. He, he looks so comfortable. He was in his element. He looked like he had it under control. Like nothing, despite the last 20 minutes, I still had faith in Harry to, to clear know, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if it's because Harry does a much better job with different types of strikers, right? It seemed like the way Everton was playing, they didn't really have a lot of build-up play through, through, through Hammers as much as they, would, as they would have liked. And I feel like Calvert-Lewis never really got it at his feet, right? It was always like crosses from... Um, from one of the corners or, you know, maybe um, some long balls. And I feel like Harry does a really good job at contesting those sort of 50-50s. Um, but I think when strikers like the ball at their feet and they they start attacking Harry, I think that's a different story. I think he needs to work on that. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, he, he had a really good game here. So he just needs to, you know, keep his head down, keep working. Um, and... Uh, and yeah, you know, I have faith in him as a as a captain. But you know, he had two kind of interesting moments here in this game that we should that we should probably touch on. Yeah, two things from Everton's side. James, as I mentioned earlier, wasn't that very involved. Second, how many goals has Dominic Calvert Lewin had this year? Like headed goals. And I think it was a pretty good feat 
that he was no he was he didn't get a sniff of the ball. I feel. Yeah, and, no, really frustrating game for him. I agree. Yeah, and that's a credit to our backline. I think we did everything that we had hoped to do. I'm sure Ole was very happy with our defense bar that that last or that first goal by Bernard. I think Aaron Wambasaka would want that back for sure. But I can't uh, really yeah, I can't you, really knock on them. Yeah, you you can't fault him as much. Um it was you know, the ball just got deflected. It got straight to Bernard's feet and then Aaron Aaron Wambasaka did a good job. You know, he was right in front of him. Like what else is he gonna do, right? Um, you know, it was it was just a smart finish. You just gotta give credit where credit's due. It was it was a good finish. Um and you know um that's all there that's all there is to it um but to what i was i was alluding to earlier so you know the mcguire incident um right with, right uh, with with pickford um the i guess penalty shout you uh you could say um that was a that was a really interesting moment um i think both of us watching the game you know when that happened we're like oh like surely this has got to be a penalty um but upon closer inspection I mean, you can kind of see that Harry sort of pushes Pickford initially, right? With his, with his, uh, I think, right arm. It was so messy. I, I didn't really keep track of it. It was just like, I feel like both, both players were sort of tangled. Yeah. So anyway, so I think, um, you know, I, I, I just read some comments actually that uh, uh, Maguire clarified. He said that he didn't think it was a penalty at all, actually. And he also said that um, he admitted to, you know, fouling Pickford beforehand. Um, I so, think he's just being nice for his bud. Yeah, no, but I think I think that's what it is, right? He's sort of trying to defend Pickford because he knows that that Pickford's kind of kind of had it rough lately, especially in the media with uh, that challenge on Van Dyke. So I think it's a little bit trying to stick up for him, um, and I think he regretted it after after he did that, right? Um, and Pickford looked, he, he looked worried after that. Um, he rushed to the ref right away. He's like, don't call that. Don't call that. Um, but that, that would give Pickford. He's from the Northeast. He's yeah. That would have been bad news for him. If, uh, it, it looks like he's perpetually angry. Is that just me? It does kind of look like that. Yeah. Especially lately. Cause he just seems stressed. <laughs> he just seems stressed after that challenge. But, but yeah, so that, that was the penalty incident on Everton's side. Mm-hmm. What about the other supposed penalty incident where Maguire tackled Dina soon after? Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. So that was the other one that I was going to talk about. Um, and that one is, that one's really interesting. Um, obviously, it's... See, because he gets the ball completely, right? But then he follows through and gets, and gets Dina and his studs are up. And I... You know what? Like... That's a red card. Like he's he's off. Honestly, um, that that should have been a ref, and he should have been off. That should have been a straight red. Should have been three game ban. Like you think that, was, that should have been a red? Yeah. If that was if that was anywhere else on the pitch, like the refs call that all the time. I've seen that called a million times where the player gets the ball, but he his studs are up and he follows through and then catches the player afterwards, and they get called off for it. So I really don't understand. Um, how they didn't call that because they reviewed it. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. Honestly, I think I'm being more and more mystified with uh, with VAR and their decisions. So it doesn't matter if McGuire got the ball first. I see. I, yeah, I, I don't think it does. 
because because like the way that they would define a, a red card challenge is that if it's like foul play, right? And you define foul play by saying if studs are up, essentially, right? Like those kind of challenges with your studs up. And I think that's what that was. And he even and he clearly contact he had contact with Dinya um, after getting the ball. So I don't know. I think we got away with uh, with another one of those. Yeah, don't you remember VAR is on our side? So that's yeah, the narrative. I know, but lately this season, it's uh, it's not been it's not been our best player. I feel like I feel like, I feel like last season it was definitely our player <laughs> of the season, um, but this year, you, you know, it's kind of kind of out of form for us. I'd have to watch the McGuire tackle again. I I didn't necessarily think it was a red. It's just it maybe a dark yellow. <laughs> a dark yellow. A dark yellow. Maybe like an orange, like a hue of, yeah, of orange. Yeah, just in between. I don't think it warranted a send-off. Well, obviously, he didn't get sent off, sent off, but... But not even a... See, but because that's the thing, because it was in the box, and it... and it, it That's the thing. I feel like that if that wasn't in the box, I think that would be a red. But because it was in the box, it would be a red and a penalty, and they didn't want to... They just didn't want to give a penalty, basically. Hmm. I think that's was that weird threshold of exactly yeah yeah if it's uh if you card him then it has to be a penalty but if you don't think it's a penalty then that if you give a card you're basically admitting to it exactly it's right. like that weird gray area where like there's it there, it's a lot more subjective um and I think that that's the call that was made that like well this is definitely a foul um or like not a foul but like uh, a red card offense but we can't. We, we we can't give it or else we're giving a penalty as well because it wasn't necessarily a foul, right? So and uh, anyway, so that was just a just, just an interesting moment. Um, I guess we could kind of kind of move on to uh, you know the last what was it the last ten ten minutes of squeaky bum time and then and then uh, we we finally get the third goal. Well, let's talk about maybe how we played after Pogba and Cavani came on. I think they sort of offered a little bit they injected more positivity into the side mm. you think so i, I think so i don't, I, I don't I, remember too much but because honestly i just feel like everything was we're just piling on pressure um after a certain point and we're just kind of holding holding on for our dear lives we had some good moments i think around the 70th minute i think there was a nice ball from fred i oh, thought rashford right, was yeah. offside really great touch by marcus and i don't blame him for that attempt on net against pickford I think that was a really good save at Pickford, if anything. Yeah, it was a good that, save. But again, it was straight at him. You know, Pickford didn't have to move too much there. Good positioning, I guess, on his part. You know, It's happening him. so fast because I think he's getting that uh, the ball over the top. And he had to, his touch had to be perfect to set himself up nicely for the shot. And I don't really, I know I've seen some pundits like Michael Owen or I don't know who it was saying, oh, Marcus has to finish that. Yeah. That, Maybe Michael Owen can't say that because it's Michael <laughs> Owen. Well, you know, I mean, you know, credit to Pickford because, you know, I say that it was an easy save. It was right at him, but he ran up and positioned himself, you know, to be in that position to make the save. Um, so, yeah, it was a good save uh, on his part. Um, again, I would have I liked to see Marcus finish that because that would have sealed the game. Um, but... Uh, you know, it's okay. I'll I'll give Marcus a pass for that one. Um, still got good connection on the shot. But, you know, shout out to Fred, right? A forward pass? A through ball from Fred? Um, 
he's evolving, Chris. Fred, yeah, I think he had a not so great game against Arsenal, but he like a nice back, like a bounce back this weekend. Yeah, really solid performance on his part. Um, I read somewhere that Fred is one of the most pressing I midfielders. Saw that too, yeah. You saw that, right? Yeah. It's yeah. promising. I I hope to see more Fred. Like after like a, a midfield three of Fred, McTominay, and Bruno, that's just balanced. And it is. This, it, is. it sucks to bench Pogba and Van de Beek, but there's no other I, I wouldn't I, at this point I wouldn't sacrifice those three at the moment. Well, it's, it's no secret. They, they play well together, right? And that's just what we need right now. We need a solid team that has a good balance that understands their roles um, and that play well together and that complement each other. And I think that, um, you know, with Fred and McTominay kind of staying back a little bit, making sure that, you know, they're playing in front of the center backs and they're distributing the ball well and that we're not going to get caught on the break gives Bruno the chance to be in those more creative spaces and kind of do what he does best, right? Whereas opposed to if you bring on Pogba, you take out McTominay or you take out Fred and then maybe we're a bit more exposed on the counter. Mistakes happen. Pogba doesn't want to defend. He's in weird positions. We give away penalty. You know, like it's that kind of thing. So I think there's a good balance there in the midfield. Um, But, you know, it's not like a midfield of Bruno, Fred, and McTominay strikes fear into the opponent's hearts, right? Um, well, it should. It should from now on, given I, how Fred's I, playing. I, I, I wouldn't get, a, get ahead of ourselves here. But uh, listen, I mean, we have, a, we have a good, decent stretch of games coming up, winnable. Um, again, I, I, I know you said before that, oh, you know, every game is, is difficult in the Premier League, which is true. But it's, you know this is an easier stretch compared to the games that we've had to play so far. So, you know, this is our chance after the international break. God, I hate the international break. But after the international break, it's a chance for us to sort of kick on, get some form, get some wins under our belt, get some confidence back in, right? So I, I hope, man, I hope, I hope. And I hope that we don't keep saying another bounce back win, la, 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 you know, because... I don't know, man. We need a good string of games. Okay, so let's compare to where we are now to when we were entering the international break after the Tottenham match. So I read a post on the Red Devil subreddit. Shout out to them. Great community. So this post says it did not... uh, not quite, it didn't go um, how most people expected, I guess, this string of games of tough matches that we had over the month. We had four wins over RB Leipzig, Everton, PSG, and Newcastle. One draw against Chelsea, and two losses against Arsenal and Istanbul, Bashak Shahir. 15 goals scored and 15, 15, sorry, 15 goals scored and five conceded. So, it's it's a mixed bag because they're the highs are so high and the lows are so low. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel, I just feel like meh coming into the international break, but it, there it, it is promising. And I think people, again, still too early to call off Ole, especially, yeah. you know, how does Ole get so much criticism when 
Mikhail just dropped a 3-0 defeat against Aston Villa. Like, where's the logic in that? We would be ahead of Arsenal if we had if we play our game in hand, which is the crazy part. And we've just gone through our supposed tough schedule. That's true. I mean, it's just it's the Manchester United effect, right? Um, I think that there is more there's more pressure if you're a Manchester United boss than if you're an Arsenal boss. You know, I mean, yeah, Arsenal's a huge club, but Manchester United is just Manchester United. So there's there's that much more media scrutiny on the manager and that much more expectation to perform. Right. Um, I think, and it's also a sense of where the teams are. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. If we, and again, I preached this last time, but if we take a step back and we look at the schedule that we had and the results we had, that's not bad. Right. Um, we've had some good results against some good teams some great teams and then some not so good results against some not so great teams. Um, but like overall it's not the worst. People keep making a big fuss about our position in the league table, but it's still early days and we've had some tough games. So again, man, we, we can kick on after the, after the international break, we have a real opportunity to uh, get some points on the board. Yeah. Seven matches, four wins, one draw, two losses. Not too bad. Yeah. And I'm hope I'm hoping that we'll regress to the mean. And the mean being that we're we'll be in the in the in the fight for the top four. Top five, six. We'll see. Uh it's 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 gotta be top four. Um has to be, but has to be. Uh I think the we way have... that Chelsea and Spurs are playing, it's a little worrying too. Yeah. Um you know, Spurs, yeah, they just kind of they just kind of nicked another win at the last last couple of minutes again. So they're kind of scraping points, but um yeah, and then, you know, yeah, Chelsea Chelsea doing their thing, but again, I still think that their that their backline is a little suspect. We'll see, man. It, it's it's a long season. Um and I think that it has a lot to do with form, right? Sometimes teams go on a good run of games and sometimes they go on a bad run of games and again like you said it's all regression to the mean and come the end of the season i think that we'll be seeing the same teams fighting for that top that top six but but you're right that top six is going to be a ruthless battle um i just hope that i just hope that we're in that conversation come the end of the season and I don't know. We'll see, we'll see if we'll see if Ole is still there. Um, it's interesting because he always seems to get when he needs a win, he gets it. Maybe we just have to pretend we've lost every single match before. <laughs> yeah, like that weird psychological thing. I guess so. Maybe just pretend that we've lost six one to Spurs every day. It's just the mentality issue, right? I think the boys haven't found their consistency yet. There's the mental fortitude. It's it's a long season. It's so I guess maybe they did get carried away after RB Leipzig and PSG. I mean, who yeah. wouldn't? I mean, because again, like I, you know, after the Leipzig game, I said like, yeah, it was a fantastic win, lots of goals, but it was a tight game until like the 60th minute, and then they just collapsed. Like it was. Yeah, wasn't, we just took our chances. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like we dominated them or we were amazing going forward. Like it was one nil. RB Leipzig was was putting the pressure on us, and they and they were and they were pressing and they were pushing, 
And then they make a mistake. We capitalize. Boom, two nothing. They make another mistake again, three nothing. Boom, and then four, and then five, and they gave up, right? So a lot of people did get carried away, and then the media just, you know, they loved us after that, right? Like, oh, you know, all these back at the wheel and everything. And again, you have to take the highs with the lows, and you got to even out. Um, so again, I don't know. We'll see. You know, going back to the situation with Ollie in terms of keeping his job and whatnot. I really hope that that's not a theme for the rest of the season, right? Like, oh, he loses a couple games, his job's on the line, wins a game or two, okay, it's fine. And then loses again, okay, his job's on the line again, right? I hope that, uh, and this is why I think that we should take advantage of this kind of easier stretch, get some wins under our belt to sort of ease those dialogues from the media, right? I think that'll do wonders for the team itself as well. Yeah, I guess we just need to set the ship straight on course. Yeah. All right. So I, I know I know we both hate the international break, but I, I do think it's pretty good timing in terms of injuries because I know Luke is going to be out, but I heard Alex Teas should be back next league match. And the extra two weeks definitely helps. I think he'll be match fit hopefully within you know in the next two weeks but i think uh i mean i think alex Hayes is going to be away for for international duty though i think he got you called think so up. did he get called up to yeah Brazil? yeah he did so i mean if you already got covid i guess you can't get it again so i mean that's a whole yeah. other discussion a whole discussion right <laughs> <We're not laughs> into that. Um, why did i say that next thing you know, <laughs> knowing our luck he's probably going to get covid again what have I done? No, but uh, he's yeah he's he's in the Brazil squad. I think, and I think I think Brazil plays Uruguay, so I think there's going to be a. Why are we traveling internationally? I know, man. During the pandemic. I know, I know. I, honestly, I agree. I think there shouldn't be. I think it's it's ridiculous, and especially with us playing like two games a week, essentially, I think that's brutal. I think players need this kind of rest. Um, yeah, it's just it's just not sustainable. Like they're like they're just trying to cram these international games. Uh, and, and I don't think there, yeah, there's some that are necessary, right. For qualifiers, but then the rest are just like nation's leagues, right? Like those aren't that important right now. Um, but yeah, man, a lot of our players are going away on international duty. It is what it is. (laughs) It is what it is. All right. So, um, I think, uh, on that note, we're probably going to wrap it up for, for, for this episode, Chris, um, any, uh, any last words before before we uh, before we end it here? I'm trying to think. Are we gonna have an episode during the international break? I'm thinking. It depends. Uh, I, you know, honestly, I'm not too sure. I'm not a big international break guy. Um, I don't know. I just I just wish that it wasn't. It's two weeks without Premier League football, man. That's that's tough. That's, that's really tough. Thing. Maybe you can talk about. I I don't even know what the schedule's like. Are there any big matches coming up or um I think there's some interesting games. Uh not too sure exactly what the matchups were. Um but again, like I said, I think I think Uruguay plays Brazil um at one point, so that's gonna be an interesting game. Maybe uh maybe Cavani against Tejas. But uh other than that I'm not sure. I mean, you know, I'm just going to pray for no injuries. That's 
what I'm what I'll say. No injuries, please. Yeah, because that's that's yeah. Please God no. Oh, yeah, I mean, one last note I guess about injuries and cuz I know there's been a huge debate about the number of substitutes. Mm-hmm. The people have been clamoring for 5 cuz it's and 5 in the are, Champions League. 5 in the Champions League and I think other leagues as well. It's not just the Champions League. Oh, no way. Know, it's other, other domestically. I think that would be people, so unfair. That would be yeah, so unfair. The reason why people were against having five five subs was because it benefits the bigger clubs because they have more okay. depth. Yeah. Right? If anything, this screws everyone because there are going to be plenty of injuries, right? We're already seeing it now. The Champions League, I I confirmed this. Like usually they they played um they're played bi weekly. Like group state matches are played once every two weeks, but I think because of COVID, everything had to be kind of squeezed. Yeah, no, yeah. Every week, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And we're seeing we already saw a casualty. Luke's gonna be out for a few months. I know hamstring injuries are no joke. Mm-hmm. And so. there's gonna be more. That's just inevitable for us at this point. All the teams competing in more than one in one league, right? If they're competing in Europe, uh, where yes, those larger teams have more depth, but a lot of them are playing in in Europe, so they need more depth. Um, so, you know, I get the argument. I get the argument from you know the teams more at the bottom that they'd rather just roll the dice in the sense that if injuries happen, they happen. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think there should be five, especially if other domestic leagues are doing five. Cause I think that's just, that's just unfair. Um, but yeah, man, this is, uh, obviously unprecedented times. So I think, uh, I think they need to adjust for sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I think, uh, I think on that note, we're going to end it there. Um, I guess it's uh, to be determined if there's going to be an, another podcast, um, talking about the international break or if you know who knows if there's injuries or whatnot that come up but um regardless uh for sure we will have another episode discussing the uh west brom game on the 21st of november um so you know make sure you tune in and join us then um other than that uh, my name is max um we got chris on the other end and uh thanks for joining us Cheers, everyone.